better, five better, five better podcast. Five better, five better, five better podcast. Hello and welcome to Five Better Podcast. I'm Jim. And I'm Guy. And this is a show where we take a classic song and try to find five songs that are better than it using a specific theme. We'll try to do this using our extensive musical knowledge, or we might just talk a load of rubbish and laugh a lot. Both of these approaches have their merits. Um, so, right, Guy, come on, let's get straight in today. Tell us what is the song. Well, it's, it's the end of the year. This is our last episode of the year, and it's, we've, got, we've gone a bit festive. Um, and I'm, all, I'm always a big fan of earworms. I've sort of mentioned that, you know, this, that song you can't get out of your head. Mm. Uh, and obviously, with it being sort of Christmas mm. time, uh, there's no better song to hear than I would say than Ken Barlow's brother Gary and his new song, The Belter. Incredible Christmas. Because it's incredible, absolutely unforgettable. Just one day when we can have it all. Ain't it sweet how incredible Christmas time can be? So let's sing. Incredible Christmas by Gary Barlow. I, I think it's, I think, you know what, I think it's a really good song, and I'm a massive, um, probably one who would say that Gary Barlow is a great songwriter, but really annoying as a song, as a, as a pop star. Um, and, he, and he's got like, he's got a really good sense of melody, and he knows how to write a good song. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Take that's canon. It's pretty, it's pretty extensive, isn't it? He's just unfortunate that he comes across as a little bit kind of cheap. Well, I say not a little bit cheesy, very cheesy. This is the problem. I think we're going to have this song. I think we have with most songs, we have to sort of detach ourselves a little bit from the performance of it to just the nuts and bolts of a song. And then this song is great because it is a, a swing Christmas song. It's catchy. It's sort of, it, it, it's perfectly sort of formulaic in its kind of intro, set up, chorus, finger clicking. You're really talking it up here. I'm giving, I'm giving really it, I'm giving it all, Jim, because I think it's a, it's a great song. It's Gary Barlow. Right. Here's my issue. I like Gary Barlow. Um, and like you say, I think Take That's Canon is really good. I think he, he can really write a good pop song. Um, I think he's like, I know what you're saying about cheesy, but he's kind of, he's got that, he's got what you need to write a pop song, which is unashamed confidence in what you're writing. Because yeah. most lyrics to songs are crap. Hmm. If you actually sit and analyse them in any depth. And, uh, the, you know, for the most part, and, and but... But he's got the he's got what it takes to to have that confidence and and that runs through it and he writes some really good songs. I really like some of the take that ones. I mean, back, uh, back for good um, is is an absolute classic. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the later songs like Shine, the sort of their second coming ad. Yeah, uh, that's a great song as well, you know. Yeah, what's that one? Holding back the flood. Um, the flood, isn't it? Yeah, flood, yeah. and that, that that I quite like. And so I think he's. Uh, he's really good at what, what I don't like with him is I just find him I don't even mind the cheesiness what I find, what I find is I just find him so cardboard he's yeah. so inanimate he is, and he yeah. like when you saw him was it X Factor he did and he used to just do that kind of weird <laughs> eyebrow thing and go that was the best audition I've ever seen and it's it, almost like he's playing to, the pop star part isn't he yeah he's sort of um and where he just gets it wrong, was, and that was always the problem when it was him versus Robbie. Is Robbie's Robbie's just a natural person. He he's got a natural personality, um, and uh, that that really comes uh, comes across. Whereas whereas Gary, Gary's really trying to do it, 
so uh, I don't know. And and as for oh, the big enough of this song, I've got to be honest with you. I really, really, for all my soul roots, I don't like swing. I'm going to throw that right out. It? Swing is swing is not for me. I tried to get into it when all that kind of music to watch girls buy CDs came out and all that kind of and just and it like Boo Blaze a good singer. I don't want to listen to him. No. I think there's a problem. I think I'm sort of I, I'm looking at it from the angle of it's it's Christmas. He's written it quite cynically, probably to be on the sort of the list of this will be the top sort of 10, 20 tracks of Christmas yeah. time. And I think well, do you know what? And exactly. I think he might, he might be even on all get the Christmas there albums for the next yeah. twenty years. Um, and and I can see that, but for me, I don't I don't like it as a Christmas song, and oh, Jim, I don't I don't like Swing. So. I, I'm not. I'm not being Scrooge about this because you know me. I love a bloody Christmas song, honestly. <laughs> but, you know, when you're working every day of December and all you're listening to is Christmas songs, like, I love them. Absolutely love them. Can't get enough of them. What about but, some might say loves unpredictable. Some might say loves metaphysical. I mean, come, he's a wordsmith. He's going to get Bernie Taupin around for his money. Makes you feel like you're invincible. Come on, Jim. You've ever been in love? Once you got the taste, and it's easy to drink it up. I mean that's that's soul. That's this could be soul lyrics here. Don't don't don't, don't even try and put it in soul lyrics category. Some say true love. No, it does exist. This is flicking yeah. that flicking <laughs> that hand and clicking the fingers. Swing. It is. It's it's got it all. It's that he's he's trying to. He'll be doing a duet with Michael Bublé at some point. Hey, don't get me wrong. I don't dislike Michael Bublé, but like I said, I'm not a big. I just don't like. It's just not for me. Barlow's really going to be struggling here. But you can admit, though, come on, let's get to the, the, the sort of the, what I said about the earworm. It's, it's catchy, isn't it? It is catchy. It's, it's, it's a catchy the problem song. Is for me, it, it problem is for me, it's not because of the, the way that swing works. It just doesn't become... Okay, okay. Well, okay. You see what I mean? Like, it's it's not... I don't... I don't like the swing beat. No, I think that's, if you, and I think probably you, you, I can I can understand that if you're not kind of in, especially if you're not into that music, you're going to find it difficult to sort of attach to it in any way. I get yeah. that. Okay, I can get that. Okay, all right. So all right. it's like I, I, I'm not being I'm not being Scroogey. I I get that he's good. I'm sure that it, you know it'll be top ten. I'm sure that it'll be around for the next ten years. He'll make millions every year on Christmas albums. But <laughs> I I won't. Be. It's the sort of song that will come on the radio and I go, oh, God. This doesn't bode very well, God, does it? God, I've absolutely crucified and I, don't, I don't even dislike it. I don't, uh, well, it bodes well for us. It doesn't bode very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. Um, but what's the theme, Jim? This is a bit difficult. What we kind of went for was incredible and the fact that he says most incredible and we decided to go for songs which use superlatives in a title. Yeah. And this was where the biggest struggle came because me as an English teacher, I couldn't get my head around what bloody superlatives were. Um, so then we all got into a bit of a tizzwas and I got into, <laughs> I had to ask my wife, who's also an English teacher, and that was telling me, that's not, every song was, that's not a superlative, that's not a superlative. So we, so we had a bit of that. And that made it really difficult because then it became, what is a superlative? And and I've, I worked out a trick about two hours ago and that right. kind of saved my things. Um, and basically the trick is most is a superlative. Yeah. So if you say it's most beautiful or something yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. that would be okay. a superlative. If you say best, best is a superlative. And then anything with est on the end, so the greatest, the longest, the rarest, the oh, strongest. Well, yeah, okay. the, so that, that kind of, once I got that, I was flying. 
honestly, I couldn't get I couldn't get my head around what a superlative was. At some point, I was putting the word superfluous in there. I was getting all sorts of things. It was a, it was a mind a minefield out there. Booze talk, booze talk. What you drinking tonight? So, Jimbo, what are you drinking tonight? Right, I've gone all out tonight. I've been getting into my port recently again. I thought you were. I thought you, you so were port. I, went I think to, this time last year you had some port, didn't you? Certainly did. And I went to Sainsbury's and I bought some expensive reserve port, which I'm just going to get up and see what it's called. It's called, it's Graham's and it's called Quinta dos Malvedos. Yeah, does Graham know you've got the port? Graham does not know I've got the port. Because, like, the thing is, like, most of the time, Dow's port, and you know, like, with wine, you go, oh, mm. mass produced, but Dow's port is like really good. And so is Cockburns or Coburns, whatever you yeah. want to call it. And then, and there's a couple of the mass produced ones that are, they're mass produced for a reason because they're really good. And it's yeah. very insular in Portugal, isn't it? It's got yeah. to come from Porto, it's got to be uh, in a certain place, like, it's that kind of. It's got to come from the right area. So I think I had a, I had some old Shiraz last night, which was just a, a box we had left over about two months ago. I thought it'd be the right box box one. I thought it'd keep. It doesn't keep. It tastes like port, <laughs> but like nice. the worst kind. It tastes awful when after you've been left for a while. And that's the problem I have with port. And it's just it's just a little bit too too it's very tall. rich. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very rich. It depends what like different ones have different kind of flavorings, but. I like my red wines to be really heavy anyway, so it just yeah, kind of doubles a, up. Yeah, I think that's also a thing. I prefer, the, I think I prefer wine support, but no, port's all right though. It's Christmas time. Fine as port. well. Yeah, and also the way my drinking at the moment—that makes me sound like a right alcoholic—but the way I drink at the moment because the kids are so young, and like you know, it's like I don't finish until half past eight, mm. at eight o'clock. It's like I'm not really I'm still on it. I've got to be on my toes. And then if I come downstairs, if I have a glass of wine, I want another one and then another one. And it's kind of, you got, you, you then yeah. if I come down, but whereas if I come downstairs, I'm quite heavy port. Uh, <laughs> I only want one and then I get a knack and go to bed. <laughs> so, so that's my alcoholism. What are you drinking? <laughs> Terps. <laughs> Um, nice. <laughs> well, at least you can get the paint off the. Uh... <laughs> well, I figured you know we are doing some decorating, so why not kill two birds, <laughs> clean, clean some brushes, and clean up my ulcers. Um, no, I'm currently drinking. I've gone back. I've, I did a sort of a, a booze run from the local brewery, uh, the Wild Car Brewery. I think I mentioned that a few episodes, well, about five or six episodes ago. So a bit of a uh, bit of the IPA, which is very nice. nice Five point nice. five. It's pretty tasty. So I've got about a case of twenty. Is that the of those. Queen? Yeah, I really like the Queen. Queen diamonds, yeah. So yeah, it's nice, really nice. So I've, I've stopped, I'm trying not to destroy those before Christmas Day, um, just because inevitably I end up I have to end up going back to shop again. But yeah, it's nice. It's a good. It's a good little one. Walthamstow's Wild Car Brewery. Yeah, really, really good. Really yeah, Walthamstow's finest. Right, I'm going to roll for you, Jim. Are you ready? Okay. All right, I'm going to look at my list. So. Okay, so number two, Jim. Number two. Okay, brilliant. Uh, this song we mentioned in the last podcast. Ah. But we didn't mention it as one of the songs in the podcast. It was a song that you brought up because you were confused about the lyrics. It yeah. is Greatest Dancer by Sister Sledge. I'm the greatest dancer. I'm the that I've ever seen. 
okay, there we go, Sister Sledge. They're one of the finest soul bands, funk bands of the of their generation. Um, yeah, obviously, it's got that soul funk roots, which is what I'm all about. 1979, written and composed by Bernard, Bernie Edwards and Nile Rogers, and recorded through the group's most successful album, We Are Family. It's actually 66 on uh, its... Uh, list of 100 greatest girl group songs of all time on Billboard. Um, I'll, take, I'll take that. Which, to begin with, 66 of the greatest 100 sounds good until it becomes girl group songs of all time. <laughs> <laughs> then it kind of, I'd have actually thought it would be higher on there. It's really good. And I think we, we were talking about uh, when we discussed it the other week. It's got that, but what a wow, which you thought was a wonder why. Wonder and why I thought yeah. Yeah, but I and I thought it was like some mad lyric of a oh, wow, wow. Um, but then it's like I don't know of many men who haven't been drunk in a club, and this song comes on and they think it applies to them. Oh yeah, um, oh, everyone, everyone busts a move. Everyone's got an, an extra sort of spring and a sort of cockiness in their step when this song comes on. Definitely. All of a sudden, all the all the cockerels come out, all the roosters, <laughs> and. Uh, Everyone wows their way around. Greatest dancer. <laughs> yeah, burst that move. And it's it's just classic. For me, it's that real progression from soul to funk. Mm. Um, that, that kind of, I mean, obviously produced by Nile Rodgers, you're going to get that anyway. It's got that real Nile Rodgers sound to it. That it's got kind a great of, guitar hook as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Which obviously and, was sampled and by Will Smith later on uh, yeah. in the 90s. No, yeah. no, you know, Nile Rodgers sampled it of Will Smith in this. In that time machine, you got invented to go back and then yeah, yeah. yeah. it's very Back to the Future, wasn't it? It, it was, it was. <laughs> well, it's your cousin, cousin Marvia. <laughs> Marvin Hoot Smith, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> the other one. Funk for me is like soul voices over the top of that disco kind of bass line, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. The, that kind of guitar yeah. over the top, which is um, uh. Yeah, I just it's just great. It's, it's a brilliant song. It's it's got it all, and uh, it's great to dance to. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good. I mean, that's t- and again, I think the problem maybe that Gary Barlow might have is that songs like that, it's an instant classic, isn't it? You know, that's been around for what forty mm. plus years. Was it seventy? You say it's in the seventies, wasn't it? Um, 79 like, yeah 79 sorry yeah so it's like it's 41 years old it's it's a banging tune it's a really good tune completely different style to uh, I wonder if Barlow would do a funk record think he could work with Nile Rodgers I, I don't think Barlow has it in his loins to do a funk record I mean he's got some fantastic loins um, but you've got a like you've soul and funk come from the genitalia area don't they it's that kind yeah, of real yeah, hippie yeah. thing and he's too um plastic's not the right word but he's too cardboard he's too he's stiff. too he's too he's too measured isn't he he's very yes he, he uses the piano as a kind of a, a i don't know almost like a protection i mean obviously in the song we're talking about he's actually that he's he's got the awkward bit of being the front man which i think he finds yeah. really hard doesn't he yeah without, yeah without a group behind him so i think and the video for that, he's doing some awful clicking and an awful kind of like swing. Uh, swing he's doing moves. double hand clicks, isn't he? <laughs> he's, really... he's doing some terrible clicking, but um, I'm going to say, Jim, it is better. Yeah, in your Gary face, Barlow. Barlow. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> click yourself, click your way out of that now. Go on, and, yeah. <laughs> go on, I'll try you. I dare you. Excellent, good start. One nil. Good, 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 good. And, and by this, before we start number, song number two, can I just reference what we said at the end of our last episode? We did a little Twitter poll, didn't we, Jim? Remember you, you took umbrage, didn't you, to the fact that you felt Percy Sledge's Man Loves a Woman song? Crime, you mean Crime of the Century? You're calling yeah. it Crime of the Century. I'm calling it just an opinion. Yeah. Um, so you put out a Twitter poll, as you stated, Millard, yeah. at the end of last episode, you said, we'll, we'll let that decide who thinks... Yeah. Uh, it was inconclusive. It was, the better. So it was a draw. So uh, I, I'm not going to go back on it. I've got a feeling that we were the only people that voted. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> it was a two, sadly, it was a 2 2 draw. <laughs> Can you vote twice? I didn't know you could. Well, I voted as five better podcasts than me, so someone else. <laughs> I was I trying I to rig it right from the start. I think I voted as me in five better podcasts than the other one. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Shite. Um, anyway, I think we might, have to, we might have to put that back out there again because I'm not happy with the result of that. You can't keep doing think... it. It's not Brexit. You can't keep trying to change the vote. It is. It's not trying to change the vote. It's, it's a perfectly legitimate. We need to get an answer. The one that you like. We can't. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's no answer. That doesn't say that Benny King is better. That doesn't say that... Percy Sledge is better. That's it's, fine. it's fine. It can say that they're both equal, but obviously, just Benny. You can't say in a two-two draw in, in a two-two draw in football. You can't suddenly go. Oh, it was two-two, but that team won because. Um, listen, you you call, so. you call you called it out. You called the big shots, thinking you can get a win. You did, didn't happen, Governor. Listen, that's going out there again because Jenny K reads quick. Jenny K's back. Jenny K, if, if, you, if you want to get involved in a, if you want to get involved, <laughs> the split actually, up of five better podcast. That's who we should throw it out to. Right. Jenny K, if you do listen to this one, who is better, Percy Sledge, when a man loves a woman, or Bernie King, and by me? Okay, and it's, all right, and if that, if that is the case, Jenny King and Jenny King, Jen, 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 is it Jenny King or something again? Jenny, Jenny K, K isn't it? Jenny King, Jenny e. King, man, Jenny K. See, Jenny K, he doesn't even know your name and uh, he wants Benny King to win. So, uh, like, you know, that should say everything, really. Oh, I can't believe you've even got closer to your mic just to try and, try and sweet talk. Yeah, that's how to get in. <laughs> <laughs> I got a uh, whispering Bob Harris. You did get a whispering Bob yeah, Harris, so you might have to turn the volume down on some of you because uh, Jim's getting a bit too saucy. Um, and obviously, if you, if you do, uh, if it is inconclusive or we lose, you're going to have another go. What's going to happen next? Yeah, uh, and we'll take it to Parliament. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> gonna get a big bus. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll for you. Uh, here we go then. Uh, I'm rolling the dice now, and you've got a five. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is good. It's quite quick. It's not quite. It's very Christmas themed. Um, so this is the. And we mentioned this guy before a while back. I'm. Um, I don't know, God knows, maybe 10, 15 episodes ago. But um, it's the great, the late, great Andy Williams with It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when love... Well, that's a beautiful song, isn't it? I mean, come on. 1963 song. Uh, it's synonymous with Christmas. So you can tell, you can... Put, him, put Gary Barlow in the top 20. That's definitely in the sort of top five of Christmas songs. It's quite, it's very schmaltzy. I think that's the word, isn't it? 
It's, mm. very, it's quite sweet. It's quite nice. It's quite, um, feels quite American. It's kind of delivery. I mean, the Andy Williams Christmas album sort of almost always sort of sort of reeks of a little bit of cheese as well. Yeah, maybe Andy Williams was the sort of the Barlow of his generation. Uh, but obviously, but Barlow no, wrote his good, wrote his no. own songs, and Andy Williams didn't. Um, he's just he was literally just a recording uh, artist. But what it does do, um, it's the most time of year. It does sort of list out things that you can sort of do, sort of like activities to sort of celebrate Christmas. So you've got things mm. like you've got sort of parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting. Make reference to carol singing, sort of scary stories, tales of glories, says there, mistletoeing. I mean, if you sort of go through the lyrics, it's kind of ticking off everything about Christmas that's kind of great. Holiday greetings, kids jingle belling. It's it's brilliant. It's a really, it's a, it's quite uplifting actually. Um, and I think yeah, it's just a, it's just, it's the lovely. It's got a nice sort of um, it's got a nice rhythm to it. Sort of kind of swing, I suppose, a little bit in places. But um, I love this song. I do. You? I absolutely love this song. Um, my only issue with this song is, and it and it's not a big issue. Um, I actually thought for a long time that it was sung by Howard Keel in uh, oh, the film okay. Seven Brides for Seven, Seven Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, because I thought when it's Christmas there, I'm sure Howard Keel sings the song, and uh, it was on the Burger King Christmas album uh, that we used to listen to. And I used to warble away like an absolute trooper to this. I honestly, I really like this song. I can't, I can't tell you. It's it's so Christmassy. It's um, even like the Bing Bongs towards the end. With yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. It's like anything with a Bing Bong uh, gets my vote. <laughs> but he's uh, yeah, he's just like it's the most wonderful. T- the children are playing it. It's it's brilliant. I I love it. It's it's. I know it's Christmas when this song's playing. It also is very importantly so you said about how a kill the seven brides, seven brothers, but that's a musical, isn't it? Mm. Um, this feels like a musical kind of like Yeah, yeah. You, you could pl- pluck it straight out of a stage show, couldn't you? Yeah, you could definitely. easily see it you could easily see it being sung as the end of the first half or um, or even in one of the great in a Hollywood Christmas movie, you know, people going home. I just I don't know why I really thought I, I don't think it is. I was looking it up because I had this as well. I had this as well. Okay, my okay. Um, and uh, I was looking it up because I really thought it was uh, Harold Keel when when it when it's Christmas in the film. Uh, he sings it with his big old ginger moustache and right, like, really, okay. really gives it some. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't find that, so I'm assuming that it wasn't. But no, this, uh, I think this is a great, great song. It, it gives me a really warm glow. It's everything that's perfect about Christmas. I like the fact that it's uh, my my last song. Obviously, wasn't a Christmas song, mm. um, but that you know that wasn't in the remit. It didn't have to. No, be a no, Christmas no. This, song, is, this is this is this is the only Christmas song I got. Actually, yeah, me, me too. But it was, it was that double edged. It is a Christmas song, and yeah. it's a superlative, and it's a it's a wonderful song. And I tell you what, if Gary Varlow ever listened to this podcast. He would agree that this is better than his. I think he might say, "I totally agree with this." I totally agree with that. But he he would. He's not a stupid man. He's not he, like. In fact, I'd probably, I'd probably say most of the songs. Are, uh, maybe a couple on. There's a couple of real iffy ones here, but I think most of me'd say that actually they're good songs. Um, it's in good company. I mean, you know, Gary Barlow's in good company. I think he is in good company to be mentioned with this. He'd be uh, if I was him, I'd be happy to be mentioned alongside this. This is. Yeah. This is. I think 
honestly, when you were saying like if Gary Barlow's in the top 20 Christmas songs, this one's in the top 10. If Gary Barlow's in the top 20, <laughs> this is bloody, this is number one. This is like a... Okay, very, very, very quickly, if we're going to do... Because I, I know where this answer is going, but very quickly, for the, in the top 20 songs, what have we got? We've got Wizards, uh, Wish You Could Christmas Every Day. Yeah, Wizards, Slade. Yeah. Slade. Yes, uh, uh, most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. White Christmas. You got Poe's um, Fairytale of New York. Fairytale New York. Uh, Saviour's Day, Mistletoe and Wine uh, by yeah. Cliff Richards. Santa Claus is coming to town. Maybe Santa Jackson Five. Town. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Jonah Louis, March of Cavalry. Yeah. Um, Still not fond of that song. I don't like it. Yeah, I love that song. Drummer Boy, Bing Crosby, yeah. and. Uh, so what about um, Nine already? So I think maybe. G- could... G- uh, no way, man. You've got things like Sleigh Ride, you've got Jingle Bells, Jingle Bell Rock, Mel and Kim, uh, Mel Smith and Kim, Rocking <laughs> oh, Around a Christmas <laughs> Tree, is, uh, is a better okay, song than Gary right. Barley. It's about 30. Um, like, honestly, you, you, put, you give me a Christmas album now with 25 <laughs> songs on, and you've got 25 <laughs> songs better than Gary Barley's. I think you'll um, find in the passage of time, Jim, this um, will be up there. Boney Ann, uh, yeah. Mary's Boy Child. Um, uh, didn't Harry Belafonte do uh, Away in a Manger or Little Town of Bethlehem or something like that? Yeah, I think that's the one. Um, he's, you know, I mean, you're talking to a Christmas song anthology here. <laughs> this is... He might make top 30 then. That's my last offer. Right. What do you reckon, what do you reckon Jim? Is this, is this is sighing? What, song do you reckon, what do you reckon? Most wonderful time uh, of the year. Uh, most wonderful time of the year is a much, much much better song than Gary Barlow. Uh, sorry, Gary, I like you, but uh, I can't, I couldn't do, I couldn't do it. You're rolling, I'm rolling for you, sorry. Oh, you're rolling for me, yeah. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to roll here. It's a number six. Oh, this is my wild card. Ooh. This is my only song that doesn't have most or greatest or best. You're breaking, you're breaking from the formula, what's going on? This is honestly. This is um, this is a superlative. Yeah, it's fastest as a superlative. Okay, and it is. Um, Benny Hill, Ernie drove the fastest milk cart in the West. Benny. And he drove the fastest milk cart in the West. She said she'd like to bathe in milk. He said, "All right, sweetheart." And when he finished work one night, he loaded up the cart. Benny Hill is. A misunderstood genius. Um, I think he was unfairly treated towards the end of his career, um, and I think he was. Uh, some of his stuff wasn't particularly PC or, or even that funny in some places. But um, I'm talking about the women running around there, yeah, yeah, yeah. smacking a smacking a bold bloke on the head, and running around. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm cool for um, it. Cross the line, and and, and and quite funny. So I think there's there's. You know, there's lots, and I think he got it got punished um, in the late eighties, didn't he? Really, um, and I think it was a sad end. And he but he lived in Southampton as well, which is near where I was from. So, good on Benny. Anyway, so so this um, song is just someone someone introduced me to this when I was about twelve years old, and I thought it was hilarious. Um, I think. Uh, the the story, it's a classic ballad, isn't it? It's a ballad. It's the ballad of Ernie, the milkman, um, who dies when a pork pie hits him in the eye. 
<laughs> and just uh, I don't know. I don't really. It's, it's kind of quite fun. It's happy going. It's got the. Um, it's got that kind of chase music thing to it. Mm. It's it's, uh, uh, it's got the choir there as well. Ernie, Ernie. Um, all of that. It's got. Um, I think. I think it's just a. It's just a happy little song. It's, it's a, good. It, yeah. It's catchy. It's- it's happy. Uh, <laughs> I think. I think in twenty years' time, people will know this more than they do. Incredible swing hands from Gary Barley. Absolute tosh. What are you on about? <laughs> it's God's sake. He's lasted. He's lasted. How long is this song? This song. All right, hang on. Let's have a look. It's not. It's nineteen seventy-one. Jim, this was released. Okay, so it's pushing fifty years. It was released in nineteen seventy-one. Uh, first performed on TV in nineteen seventy. It peaked at number one in Australia in December. I'll just do your work for you, Jim. It's fine. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> it's peaked at number one in Australia in December 1971. I mean, come on. If you're peaking at number one in Australia in 1971, what is going exactly. on? Exactly. What the hell ones? is going on? Legacy. Look, here we go. Legacy. Desert Island Discs, May 2000. Oh, go, go, wreck. Yeah, if you're using that. So, party leader. David Cameron is one of his David eight favourite records. Oh, God. I think um, I think I think this is going to be fairly straightforward. Right, hang on, hang on. Uh, underneath Legacy on Wikipedia, it's got Ting a Ling a Loo, which is the single's B side. Ting a Ling a Loo. It's a musical parody. Um, it's you know the story of Ernie, who's a milkman, a quick uh, horse-drawn cart. So you know, and then two ton Ted from Teddington. Oh. And uh, he was he was after a pint. I mean, it's got all the it's got a right load of vouar. It's very carry on. It's uh, yeah, Benny yeah. Hill. It's I mean, Benny Hill. On. Benny Hill is. I think, as you said, he was slightly misunderstood. I think he's very much of his time. Um, sad sort of end. Uh, did I find him funny when I was growing up? Not particularly. Did I find him running yeah. around? Did I find him running around? Chasing girls with some old man doctor's old okay. head. All right, all right. Did so, I find that there. funny? Hold no, there. I hold did it. not. Hold it there. Hold it there. Whenever people are running around or something mad happens at work or in your life, do you go? I love yes. Yakety. I love Yakety Yak as a piece of music. Did I like Benny Hill? Not overly sure. But you sure. use it in that context. I use you that. Use I use that in context. that context. But the Benny Hill context and was the theme tune is basically what I'm thinking of. Did I find it? Funny I feel a that? Twitter poll coming up. I'm gonna. I tell you who I'm gonna yeah, ask. I think you feel a Twitter. I'm gonna ask creative you... director Paul Lagerdeck. <laughs> <laughs> the only best thing about this song, Jim, and you can obviously sense where I'm going with my answer for this. Uh, the only best thing about the song is it was recorded in Abbey Road Studios. <laughs> Exactly. It's it recorded about a year and a half after the Beatles split up from Abbey. I mean, this is. Every road moving up. I don't know. I mean, Ting a Ling a Loo. I mean, Jesus. What's the B side of Barley's? I bet it's called Wingy Dingy Ding Dong or something. (laughs) Really marvellous. (laughs) Um, It's one of the best B side you've ever heard. It's it's a funny one. I I mean, I I don't I don't dislike it massively. I just don't think it's better than. Um, I just don't really regard it as a song. I regard it as a sort of a novelty kind of like single, which... There's someone who had bloody itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow bag of Dr. King a few fucking curse ago. So I have to say, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not better. Curious.
He's fuming. He's absolutely fuming. I thought if there was someone in this world <laughs> <laughs> who would share the silliness of I could rely on Ernie. No, I know. Yeah, you have to get all bloody serious music, then you look at me, I really like music. I'm doing it a fair justice. Well, two one, Jim, and we're back in the uh he's back in the race. It's it's a it's a Gary Barlow special. Don't deny the Barlow. I thought Ernie <laughs> was gonna win. Right, coming in. I'm rolling for you. Right. Three. <laughs> ah, this could be funny. This could be tricky. Um, right, this is uh, <laughs> this is equally as bizarre. Well, let you, I'll let you make your mind up, listener. Whether you think this is, is this is bizarre or if it's a classic, I think it's a classic. And this is from the TV series, the theme tune to the Littlest Hobo. Just grab your hat, come travel life. That's old style. So the song, I suppose technically the song's called uh, Maybe Tomorrow, but it's the theme tune to The Littlest Hobo. And where is the superlative? Is it not Littlest? Is that not a superlative? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You get it. Okay. Okay. Don't make me doubt myself. I've been (laughs) just about to learn what the word is. Um, So we we all, in a certain generation, have heard and have seen The Littlest Hobo. Certainly have heard the theme tune. Definitely, it's, it's something that sticks in your head because it's a memorable song. So it's got down that earworm factor that I think the Barlow's kind of nailed. It's a dog. It's a, not only a dog that saves people. It's not Lassie because Lassie's, you know, Lassie's very nice. This is a hobo. Okay, we can probably pick kind of like slightly at the term hobo, vagabond, someone who maybe can't settle down, as it says in the song. Um, but he goes around. This dog goes around helping people. Yeah, he's not just there kind of like... You know, like I say, he didn't, he didn't pop out of his kennel every, every now and then and then stays in the same place. He moves on to different places. He's almost, he's spotting out where trouble is. He's sniffing it out. Now, there's a, there's a theory that actually, someone said here, he was an actual fourth dimensional spirit manifestation destined to walk the earth forever in order to save, to save humanity. <laughs> Personally, I think he's a dog saving people. And I think that's where I'm going to go with so, that. As my <laughs> Someone's really overthought. <laughs> Honestly, I went down a little route saying, what actually was it? What actually was the song about? So, checking out some of the lyrics, this is what I quite like about the lyrics. Okay. Because I, I think it's a really friendly song. I quite like the song. I think it's really quite positive. So, every stop I make on it, make a new friend. But then he says, I can't stay for long. Just turn around and he's gone again. You know, so you can sort of say, he does his job and then he buggers off. Mm. You know, but you know, most sort of pets can't be like that, aren't they? He says, maybe tomorrow I want to settle down, but until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on. Okay, that's fine. Your choice. Keep going. Down this at the road. End, that, at the end, that line changes, though. At the well, end, he says, in the last line, see, I, I know this song word for word. Go on, maybe tomorrow I'll find what I call home. Yeah. Tomorrow, uh, you know I'm The whole freeze. world is my friend is, is how it finishes as well. I'm sure that's in there. Yeah, you have got that. Yeah, that's a bit further on. No, the very last line is, you know I'm, until tomorrow, you know I'm free to roam. Uh, okay. So it's basically saying you can say what you want. I'm not going to settle down. I'll keep moving on, but you also know that it's my lip. It's my choice I, to move. I mean, I just feel just grab your hat, coat, just grab your hat. That's hobo style. I mean, honestly, if someone says hobo style to me, that's great. We're almost there, and we paid our fare with the hobo song. He referenced hobo a couple of times in that as well. Mm. So um, you know, it, there's a mythical sense. This hobo just. First of all, I don't know where he eats, but he just kind of moves from place to place, 
helps everyone out. Moves the crazy thing is, going for the, that weird metaphysical time traveling dimensional jumping <laughs> thing, it starts with there's a voice keeps on calling me. Is he the dog version of Scott Bakula in Quantum Leap? Well, funnily enough, from the place that I also read that someone said, was he a fourth dimensional spirit manifestation destined to walk the earth forever in order to save humanity? Someone actually course, said, so what was the. I mean, that's what I first of all, that's exactly what I thought. What is that voice that keeps on calling him? Or her. I'm not sure it's a her, but if it's a her or a him. Um, and alcohol is the voice that keeps on calling. <laughs> yeah. Pay a Pay a <laughs> Have a port. Um, the, the thing with this show as well, like all that metaphysical time jumping, travelling thing. It was a yeah. German TV show, wasn't it? He was a German shepherd and it was dubbed into English. I thought it was a it, German... It was a Canadian TV series. Oh, right. Uh, French title was called Le Vagabond. I quite like that. Ah, uh, okay. Um, was it done in French originally then? Because... <laughs> I guess so. It was, maybe uh, maybe uh, Cana- it was French-Canadian, perhaps. Um, yeah. But it's ba- do you know what? It's a second... They did two series. So it's based on a 1958 American film. Then it was then it was in the sixties as a series, and then it was revived again, which is where this this, this is the song I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean it's basically a nasty rip off, isn't it? You oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dogs. He used to be on, used to follow things like "Why Don't You" and the Red Hand Gang on children's I mean, holiday television. Exactly, television's. perfect. I mean, perfect era for us. But um, yeah, and also I like I like I just I love, I love the way it's, it's sung because the guy the guy who sang it, Terry Bush. Um, uh, he's got an album out. If you, go, if you can go on Spotify and listen to it, but it's, he, he don't, I mean, it's, obviously it's quite country and western, which I think is why I'd be all holding like Adder. Honestly, he's got he's got this album which is which of which this features. He's got a few other songs, one of which is called Dolly Parton. I mean, could you get more sort of like I'm? This is me. I'm country and western. Here's a song called Dolly Parton. Next song, Johnny Nash, Glenn <laughs> Campbell, basically everyone. Um, Starts with a w- nice whistling intro, bit of slide guitar. Yeah. It's got that lovely little bit there. Um, and yeah, like I say, hobo style. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost sounds a bit gangster. It's hobo style. Well, it's, it's funny with this song because, you know, I said like at Burger King, we used to have to listen to the Christmas album from like yeah. mid November all the way through. And like, you're talking like, sometimes 12 hours a day of Christmas songs, which is where my love for Christmas songs kind of really developed. Weirdly, there was a point that about four of us used to sing this song on absolute loop. And we used to walk around the kitchens of Burger King singing this song um, mm. and just, just keep, like, for about six, seven weeks, just sung it on full-on, like, just every every minute of the day, get pissing everybody off. It's a great um, song. It's a really good song. I, mean, I, I, I laughed at the beginning because I just thought, ah, oh, is, is this my Ernie song to to, to you? Because <laughs> it's kind of it's sort of fairly novelty. It's not, um, but actually, I think this is a actually this is a song. It wasn't done as sort of novelty. This is quite a good song, I think. Um, that's why it's different to to Benny Hill. Um, and it's catchy, um, as I said, and it's it's up there with the Barlow catchiness. I think he'd be pr- he would been proud to. Yeah, I would love to sing a song about a dog. I wish I'd written a song called <laughs> "The Impossible Hobo." <laughs> incredible hobo. It's incredible canine. <clears throat> um, so, what are you thinking, Jim? Do you know what? I'm really torn here with the fact that I'm absolutely fuming about Ernie <laughs> and my dislike for 
Barlow's <laughs> incredible. My dislike for you and my dislike of swing music and Barlow's um, swing featurette. So I don't know. I'm going to have to let Beagons be Beagons, I suppose. And uh, I'm going to have to say the littlest hobo theme tune is a better song. Cool. Right. Over to you now, Jim. It's the last one. All right. Okay. It's the big one. You know, you're going to get some respects back for. For G Barlow, are we, or are we going to, um, or are you going to turn a new one? Let's see. I'm going to roll for you. Ah, uh, oh, number one. Go on, then. number one. Number one. Soul Roots. Yeah, of course it is. Soul Roots, right in there. Uh, it's you're the best. The best thing that's ever happened to me by Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight and the Pips. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Barlow. Um, Gladys Knight, uh, it, Soul Roots, for me, um, brilliant, brilliant um, singer. Uh, I'm sure Marvin Gaye did a cover of this as well, to be honest. Um, but when they were all kind of covering their own, covering each other's songs. Written by Jim Weatherly, produced by Don Law, first called 1973. I love Gladys Knight. I love her work. I love her voice. I love the way that she sings. She kind of got that heartbreak in her voice every mm, time she sings. No, um, and even when it's positive, it's uh, it's got that heartbreak to it. Um, never never hit the heights. Never got to number one. I mean, it's not the song that she's ultimately known for. It's one of those songs that she really goes for it in the middle. Um, she always builds that kind of crescendo in her singing. She she uh, she's got a really beautiful, creamy voice. Um, and I think Gary Barlow could only wish singing this song early as him. She's amazing. She's got such a such a range of voice. Um, and I like the fact you said. I think you, I totally agree about the idea that she's it's almost heartbroken when she sings. Um, or she's mm. got that heartache in her voice when she sings. Um, yeah. And, not not really into the Gladys Knight and the Pips, like not not because I don't like them. I think they're really good. Just never really, they're not on my radar. But then you know, I'm not into the, you know, you're you're the sole roots man of the uh, of the outfit here, I'd say. But um, so yeah, you feel you feel the Pips, but um, but you know, they're, they're, it's just a brilliant song. I was just looking. Obviously, you said about the guy Jim Weatherly who wrote the song, who wrote Midnight Tra- Train to Georgia, which they also wrote. yeah, it's a fantastic song. So he's he's already written two classics. They're really good song. Was it recorded by anyone else? Um, I'm sure I've heard it on a Marvin Gaye album. Right, okay, because she was Motown, um, was she as well? Yeah, she was Motown, so it, would have, it may well have done it. And it does say here that uh, originally it was done by Ray Price. Um, it was a country and western singer, because she was, I mean, she was quite, she was quite country in her, she had that more kind of, um, Georgia. She was, she was from Georgia. Yeah, she was from Georgia. She wasn't like so. Uh, as opposed to town, being yeah. like, yeah, and yeah. Detroit was the real yeah, uh, Motown yeah. uh, uh, stuff. And she, she wasn't that kind of city girl, and she was very much uh, from from the South. So yeah, you sort of hear she always had that, voice, can't you? Yeah, well. yeah. And she always had that vibe about her. And I think, um, yeah, she just, like, she just really goes for every song. I think, you know, there's some people who are, there's some people who are effortless and uh, she just attacks it. And it's, it's not, 
it's not that she can't be effortless. It's not that she's not good enough. It's just no. that she gives it everything every time. So you've uh, got a similar, a similar voice nowadays. You, I think maybe slightly underrated. I was, wasn't quite sure about her. It was um, oh, Beverly Knight. Beverly Knight's a really good singer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the British, British sort of singer who's, um, she's done loads of stuff. Probably done quite a lot. She's done quite a lot of like musicals and TV and, uh, yeah, quite, she, quite an illustrious career. But she, <coughs> when you hear her sing, bloody hell, she's amazing. She's really yeah, her good. first two albums are really good, weren't they? Um, mm, the greatest. She's day kind of one of those. Yeah. yeah, and she's kind of one of the. She's a proper pop pixie as well. <laughs> she, she's really quite short, but yeah, really belts it out. And I think <clears throat> I don't know. It's, I kind of think for her, she came out her style wasn't quite right for the time if you know what i mean she was much more i really liked beverly Knight because i felt she was much more traditional soul yeah and when she came out there was all that kind of uh r&b it was quite um, soul yeah what was, was the in, um, um brandy and it was that kind of year wasn't it early yeah brandy and monica and, yeah, that's uh, yeah 2004 or three or around that era and and it was a lot more r&b and like i I liked what Beverly Knight was doing because I felt it was much more traditional. I felt yeah. it was in the in the classic kind of Motown um, and uh, that kind of deeper soul from yeah. from the sort of sixties. Um, so very quickly, License to Kill, obviously Gladys Knight, Bond. Bond. Yeah. I always find that so odd. <laughs> I always find well, her singing so it or the or, or the um or the, or the film itself is odd. <clears throat> her sing, the, or the film is. I don't think it's unusual though for her to sing, like for someone of that ilk to sing. No, I suppose it's theme. not. And it, it, she, a, always, she, she always sang "License to Kilt," which I thought it was <laughs> good. To kilt. Because you've got the when you think about that <laughs> the the 80s Bond themes, you got "Aha." Sheena Easton, first of all, you think you mentioned him? Obviously, Sheena yeah, Easton. Yeah, yeah, you've got, yeah you've got, I've mentioned Sheena Easton on this podcast. You have indeed. You've got Aha's uh, View to a Kill, right? Living Daylights. Living Daylights. View to Kill was um, before that was uh, Durham Durham. Yes, that's the one. Okay. Uh, and then, so, so how? So, where was License, License to Kill? Was 1980. License to Kill came out after it was a Timothy Dalton one, yeah. Yes, the one. It was his first one, wasn't it? No, no. Living Daylights was his first. Sorry, Living Daylights was first. Licensed to Kill was second. Yes. L- Licensed yeah, to Kill okay, was second. Wow. Yeah, and then it went. Didn't it go from Gladys Knight to Tina Turner with Goldeneye? Yeah, but then it jumped to bonkers. It went to Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, didn't it? To sing um, and Madonna. Madonna sang one as well. Tina Turner, Chris Cornell, Madonna, because he did the Quantum of Solace, didn't he? You know my name. Yeah. No, no, he did. No, earlier. Chris Cornell earlier. did. No, no, later. Did he? I thought Chris, Chris Cornell did Cornell a, is, I thought he did Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Brosnan is, uh, no, because Brosnan was um, Goldeneye. Uh, Die Another Day was Madonna. That's it, yeah, that was yeah. Brosnan. Die oh, Alicia Keys me. did Quantum Solace. <clears throat> Alicia Keys. Hey, right. Um, and Jack White, that was it. Those two. That was odd. Alicia Keys and Jack White from the White Stripes. Yeah. <laughs> You're the best thing to ever have. Yeah, Gladys Knight. I mean, yeah, come on. It's a classic, isn't it? It's all right. It is. It is. It's infinitely better than, yes. uh, than, than, than Mr. Barlow. The only way you get me vaguely into swing is when you're talking about Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, it's um, probably big band stuff. But that I find that's a bit more soulful than. What's your view on um, what's your view on Alfie Bo and Michael Ball? We're talking about people, <laughs> we're talking about people who sort of like put out albums at a certain time and pretend they've got like a rapport with each other. A la Dean Martin, Jerry Lee Lewis, or uh, Dean Martin and Dean Lewis, sorry. Yeah, Dean Martin, Dean Martin, sorry, Dean, Dean Martin, Martin and, Dean Martin and, and Jerry Sammy Lewis. Davis, Sammy Davis Jr. No, when they when they used to sing together, but they were proper mates, though, weren't they? That's what I'm saying. Alfie Ball and Michael Ball, uh, Alfie Bo and Michael Ball are supposed to be kind of mates, but it's it's quite forced. Right here's my here's my problem. <laughs> Michael Ball, um, sorry, my problem is I, I can't I get anyone's name right. <laughs> I, I don't dislike Michael Ball. Okay, I find him mildly funny and like, well, I think he's talented and I think he can sing. Healthy Bow, though. Oh, for God's sake. And I just find him so annoying. He's so opera. He's yeah. so, like, even when, sometimes when he talks, he goes, oh. And that's, that's, when swing, that's when swing goes bad. I know that Christmas will be better than yours. So there we go, four one. That's not bad. Well, you know, uh, to be honest, when when, you, when I realised your kind of dislike of it, I was thinking it's gonna be a five 0 whitewash. I mean, thankfully well, you, you brought something as <laughs> something as odd and as bizarre as Benny Hill to the table. Oh, the thing <laughs> is, I could bring something like that because I was so confident that Parlo was going down on this, <laughs> which sounds ruder than it should. Steady, steady. I mean, I'm, I quite think, pl- I'm quite quick with my littlest hobo. I didn't actually fall foul. Partly because also I thought it didn't quite match the... Uh, and technically, it could have been dismissed as a uh, as a void because actually the song title didn't actually match. But I suppose it's the brackets underneath, isn't it? And we've well, used brackets for Barlow. It's the theme to the littlest hobo, which is the, and the littlest is the, is the superlative. Yeah. It's actually called maybe tomorrow, but anyway. Uh, I've said yeah, that. but that would have a brackets oh. underneath theme to the littlest hobo. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd have it in capital letters. It's the theme! (laughs) You moron! But I think it's it's kind of... um, I don't know. Yeah. Once I I did watch the the song, I just thought, oh, God. Shall I tell you what the songs that I had? Yeah, go on. Well, I had the same as you, that he's the greatest dancer. Uh, sister yeah. stage. I had, uh, I think you mentioned the most beautiful girl in the world. You mentioned the most beautiful Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Yeah, okay. Uh, I also had, which I, 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 if it had come up, it would have be, been interesting because I had another guy, Barlow, take that song, The Greatest Day. Oh, right. Okay. Which actually I think is better than um, uh, Incredible. But yeah, those, those are songs I had. What did you have, Jim? Uh, well, most of my ones, we, we did say, had most beautiful girl in the world, like you yeah. said, I had most wonderful time of the year, fastest milk guy in the West, crime of the century, number two. Uh, <laughs> Tina Turner, simply the best. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, good. Uh, I had uh, oh, Whitney Houston, the, the greatest, greatest love of all. Uh, that... You know what, that's a classic. That could. That's, a, that's another episode, definitely. That's what I'm saying. That's... Right, honestly, we'll save, we'll save Whitney. Well, there you go, Jim. That's um, that's the that's the that's the year, doesn't it? So um, what's been what's been your musical highlight? Can I tell you what my my musical highlight's been this year? Good, Jim. Obviously, we had horrific COVID, and we still got it. Um, really enjoyed over lockdown listening to the, the Corner Shops album, England as a Garden, which is a fantastic album. Um, oh right, okay. I love Hand Cream for a Generation. They're proper musicians, and also they don't tour now. Bit of a shame, but um. 
but I think they did this album pretty much off their own back and their own sort of, they, I think they're based in sort of like Stone New in some way. And um, they co- recorded it all off their own sort of back and their own sort of record label. And they've come out with a, it's, it's a blistering album. It's a really good album. It's fun. It's funky, a bit political in places, kind of fairly obvious where their sort of like political allegiance lies, but it's It's a really good album. And um, yeah, it's a joy to listen to that. So I've really enjoyed that. My musical highlight, right, this is going to sound really weird and it's really odd for me, but I've gone into modern music. Okay, what right. do you mean, like, as in chart music? Like chart music, but like Kiss and, uh, like, Jackson. there's a guy called Jax Jones and there's about four songs of his I really like. It does I Miss You and Tequila and um, something else. And there's there's a song, Don't Text Come We Don't Talk When It's Sumber. <laughs> like just like some really kind of uh, my morning ride is just bizarre at the moment i have like kind of dance monkey by tones and i which i think is a song um i've got a thick, like just weird stuff on there mm. that kind of but yeah i've just kind of had a bit of a bit of a bit of a listening of, of new music yeah that's those have kind of been my my musical highlights just really enjoying those kind of euphoric tunes again. Yeah. Um, it's great, kind of finding a Finding a few old songs. i tell you what also I've found is that the intro to um, Footloose and uh, David Bowie's Modern Love are quite similar when you're knackered. And they are, the yeah. Exactly you can't work out which one is which. Yeah, they're very, <laughs> very, very similar. Um, yeah. So that's quite good. But I've got a lot of house music at the moment. So I'm running, into, I'm running, running and listening to a lot of defected record labels, sort of like playlists on Spotify. It's really good. Some classic tunes, but um, I think it's just conducive to running when you go that sort of your, the heart rate's going. You go, yeah, yeah. The, the endorphins kicking in. It's great. It's really good. Cool, nice one. Well, if you like this, obviously, what well, nice to like and subscribe. I think that's the kind of thing people should do now. Like, subscribe. You know, like and subscribe we'll give. try and get the app as regular as we can. We're, we're really up for some ideas for some new shows. Obviously, we talked about quite a few things this last kind of few months. But uh, you know, mentioned Whitney Houston a second ago. Some great classic artists to sort of hit. Mm. And, um, you know, definitely get get us give us some suggestions. Definitely up for um, for trying some new people out and uh, yeah, get that conversation going. If you hear this before Christmas, have a good Christmas. If you've had a Christmas already. Hope it went well. Enjoy your new year. And um, I'm sure we'll see you very soon in 2021. All right, Jim, nice one. Yeah, nice one. That was, that was good. That was short notice, but really good. I enjoyed that. Have a good Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Stay too, safe. Man. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Like better podcast.